Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. Good afternoon, Emily. <laughs> Good afternoon, Graham. Nice to see you. Don't tell me you've got a crush on me. <laughs> no, Graham. No? <laughs> Definitely not. No, <laughs> you know with this podcast, there's never any expense spared. Yeah. There's never any expense given. But we did do a survey of the avid listeners that we have about how many of them found you attractive. Okay. Whether that was vocally or physically. Okay. And how many out of them had a crush. Now, we've correlated all the numbers and it's come back at minus 72. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure how we've got that figure. I don't even think that's mathematically possible. But anyway, that's the number we've got. That's the number we've got. That'd be Gillian Ward from Grimsby. Yeah, she never did like me. <laughs> did you have crushes? Growing up, did you have posters on walls? Did you have somebody that you were either desperately in love with or desperately wanted to be or wanted to be the friend of? It doesn't have to be someone you want to have intimate relations with, but, you know, we all had somebody we wanted to be. No, I don't think many boys did. I went to a boys' school anyway, mm. so my teeny, teenage years started off. Your teeny years? Because <laughs> let's be honest, you're not tall. <laughs> <laughs> I think boys generally were more into putting up posters of footballers and cars and... Topless women. Did you have rudy ladies? One lad in our class had a pin-up inside his desk. So when he opened the desk, there was a girl. And everybody thought he was just... A pervert. Well, why would you have that in the classroom as well? Because that's a bit weird. Yeah. He used to sleep in his desk. <laughs> He was a very small child. It was quite a large desk too. My brothers had posters on the wall of like bands. And if it was women, then it would be Pamela Anderson from Baywatch, James Bond. Not that he was ever a woman, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so not rude necessarily, but in that time, sort of late 80s, it was yeah. some of the, the other women from Baywatch. And that was acceptable to have that up on your wall. But they had terrible crushes on them. Who would you have had on your hypothetical bedroom wall then? Well, certainly not Madonna. <laughs> Madonna in the early years looked like someone who just had been to a charity shop and drunk and put everything on and then run out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She was wearing doilies, she was wearing beads, she was wearing half a hairband. She looked <laughs> like your drunk friend who couldn't put makeup on. <laughs> She was somebody who uh, hung around loads of bands. Mm. She was there to wangle her way. That's an Australian saying. <laughs> wangle. <laughs> wangle your way in, Greg. Therefore, hopefully, become successful. See how well that worked for her. Oh, it did work for her, did it, actually? <laughs> how do you know this? Do you know Madonna? No, but at the time, there were lots of newspaper reports in the, in oh. the music press about okay. her. As you'd scour the music press looking for uh, somebody to have a crush on. I just don't think many boys did the crush thing. Well, who did you look up to then? Who was the rock icon that you wanted to be? I was going to say, obviously, my headmaster. <laughs> or the lead singer of the Wurzels, one or the other. <laughs> I think we kept a crush for film stars, perhaps. Mm. Bond girls. Ursula Andress. Yes, film stars. Or somebody that was on the TV 
who suddenly you think, oh my goodness. But of course, girls had the advantage that there were loads of girl mags. Mm. I remember once I walked along WH Smith's magazine racks and there was magazine after magazine after magazine for teenage girls. There wasn't anything for teenage boys. There was fly fishing, <laughs> football magazine, and there was one on tanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. Because I always knew when I'd gone too far down the aisle. And what were you doing walking on the aisles anyway? You should be in the middle way, in the thoroughfare. <laughs> the lady in WH Smith would have told you off. Do you remember when they used to tell you off for thumbing through the magazine? Are you going to buy that? Someone would always say, are you going to buy that? They're not. This isn't a library. You need to pay for that if you're going to... Oh, good Lord. Yeah, they used to be miserable, didn't they? And I almost stole a magazine once. Did you? I'd gone to buy a birthday card. I went into WH Smith's, browsed magazines, decided I'd buy a particular music magazine, and then went to find a birthday card. I couldn't find any birthday card suitable, so I thought, oh, well, I'll go down to the cheap card shop. Wondered out. Yeah. Suddenly realised there was this rolled-up magazine under my arm, <gasps> and behind me was a security man looking very interested I'll nab that oik. Mm. Well, you would have done anything to get your hands on a copy of Just 17 at that time. I mean, they were hot, 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 hot. <laughs> Action heroes you had. So you did have things like Batman and Robin. So I think for mm -hmm. boys, it was more... Rambo. Yeah. Predator. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. Sylvester Stallone, Van Damme doing the yeah, splits, well, which always made you wince. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it still does. What man gets his legs that high <laughs> and doesn't even shake? In pain. What is worse than that when a man, a ballet dancer, jumps in the air and his legs are horizontal mm. and you think, wow, I'm thinking, ouch. <laughs> but when they then land on the floor, so their legs are horizontal on the floor, then it's like really Ooh. ouch. And that's why they're famous for the nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scary one. I've just thought of one, Debbie Harry. Oh. In Blondie. Okay. When she was out and about, and she aged pretty well. So like, oh, she's an attractive woman. Mm. So for me, it was Duran Duran. Was it? Yeah, Simon Le Bon, John Taylor. When they first came out, that was probably one of the first bands that I got into. And it was basically because I thought they looked really pretty and oh. it looked like they'd made a really nice effort. And I remember seeing like the... Made an effort. Yeah. <laughs> they looked like clean boys, not like the ones from the local school who just looked like dirty boys. These were all clean boys. They'd made an effort. They dressed nicely. I remember watching the video to Wild Boys and thinking, whoa, these guys are brilliant. And Rio as well. They were on a Caribbean island and it was all very glamorous. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like the reality of the sweaty, pimply things that came out of the boarding school up the road from us. These were men. You looked at them and thought, I bet they smell nice too. Yeah. And then Aha came out and that was a similar type of experience. It was about that time when Wham! I remember oh. I'd gone with my girl girlfriend to this wine bar and there were lots of TVs around playing different tunes and some of the ones that were on there then there was I think there was Rio mm. and there was also Wham coming on you were like on your own all the women <laughs> were looking at these TVs but they were all pretty yeah they were all pretty men I was one of the weird ones I liked Andrew Ridgely everybody else liked George I knew there was something fishy with George I'll be perfectly honest <laughs> <laughs> but I also realised shortly afterwards that why did I find all these men attractive that, funny enough, looked very feminine. Yeah, I, <laughs> when I saw him on the cover of that fly fishing magazine you referred to, <laughs> uh, definitely something fishy. <laughs> Even some of the people like Liza Minnelli, mm. when she was doing cabaret with the bowler hat and the stockings. She looked fantastic. Yeah, she did. I can't say I'd pop a poster of her in a wheelchair looking bloated up on the wall, as she did 
and has done for quite a series of time in her career. But in cabaret, she does look amazing. But when you said Liza Minnelli, I was thinking, would you pop a poster of a geriatric company? Well, maybe you would. Maybe it's a grab-a-granny thing. <laughs> I don't know. What are the rules? Did she go into playing the part of Ironside then? Was that... Was that was she... <laughs> No, I was talking about her cabaret days. She was brilliant in cabaret. She looked amazing. So, yeah, completely get that one. Yeah. But I did have a run on these men with slightly dodgy hairdos. Paul Young, who was gorgeous but had a dicky bit of hair. Henry from Neighbours, there's another one. He looked like he'd shaved a poodle and popped it on his head. But my best friend, she had a very unusual one and she admitted it after three quarters of a bottle of baby sham. She was really into Keith Floyd. Oh, the guy who was a cook. Bloated chef that used to drink too much and spit in the food. Yeah, yeah. They started doing videos. Celebrity spitter chef. <laughs> no, people would buy cookery programmes on VHS. It was so popular, he got a TV show. Can you imagine going to get your video machine and your television at that time to put on your kitchen counter to watch while you made the food? There'd be no room in the kitchen to make the food because the tellies were giant, the VHS was massive. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get a generator going to power it all. It was in those times, the big, big hit of the company that did the Keith Floyd shows on VHS mm. also managed to get round the pornography laws. Oh. Apparently you weren't allowed to show various things unless it was for educational purposes. What? She made a flan naked? What? <laughs> 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 You've lost me. Is this what the French do? They made a sex tape for educational purposes oh. and it went balmy. They made a fortune. Was that the joy of sex? No, it was The Lover's Guide 3. We got hold of a copy and we played it at a teenage party. Okay. To be fair, there wasn't a huge amount of joy going on. <laughs> It was oversold. <laughs> I only knew about this when it was a massive success, number one. Then number two was a massive success for the company financially. And for number three, they were looking for some music to be composed. But apparently, they were going to be closed down because it wasn't educational enough. Yeah. It was just gratuitous, I guess. The third one was more about pleasuring yourself. <laughs> And when I went to the offices of the place, they had all these Keith Floyd things there of all the success they'd made of his shows. Yeah. I came home to Jill and was talking about the difficulty of this lady pleasuring herself with a feather, saying how I knew exactly what to do until the exact moment. And I think Jill said something like, yeah, it sounds like real life. <laughs> so you were hired to do the music, the pleasuring yourself, and you did it. Yeah. And did it go along the lines of this? Boom, chicka <laughs> you were told you had to steer away from the CD so it didn't sound like you're in some club watching people stripping. It was a challenge. <laughs> you mood board out you know the music for a section in a film where a lady's going to be pleasuring herself with an oversized feather <laughs> <laughs> what earth you where does that even start there's so much there to that story that i want to explore how do you look around the house and go oh I've, i just happened to have an oversized feather i've had it for years since that year i decided to slaughter an ostrich for new years you know i mean what's that about well, some of the feathers were colossally big and you did find you'd lost interest <laughs> in the main topic, uh, and you were thinking, where did they get that feather from? And where's it going? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, well, I think when there were the two of them performing, I mean, there were lots of different people in this video, when there were two of them performing, you did have to think, 
I'll come back later. I'll think about that one. <laughs> I want to know if, if number four was the joy of sex, the accident edition. <laughs> what to do yeah. when you get feather rash? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the joy of A&E. <laughs> yeah. All these people suddenly going, uh, I wish I'd wiped that dusty before I'd used it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now, there were some people actually that were very popular that were female. The trouble is they were sort of seemed to be too sensible and mature, so you couldn't really fancy them. What, Maggie Thatcher? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think anyone yeah. had a poster of Maggie Thatcher up on their wall? Like, oh, the Iron Lady. <laughs> yeah, well, I did try to attach a poster of her to my wall with, with poll tax. <laughs> now I'm thinking uh, people like uh, Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. She obviously had success in the 60s, but then her big success, I think, came back when the guy from Dire Straits got her to sing a song. Oh. Then she was very sophisticated and she seemed a bit... Manly, a bit mossly. Yeah, she did seem manly. A bit blokey in a miniskirt with big hair. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. To start with, she sort of eased it down a bit as time went on. Yeah, and I think Annie Lennox, mm. when she was in The Eurythmics, yeah. she was like the intellectual, so that was a complete killer for having a crush on anybody. You didn't look at Tina Turner or look at Annie Lennox and go, I want to be you. No. You appreciated their talent, both incredible singers, yeah. but they weren't the sort of people that made me go, oh, I really want to be your friend. Quite. I think I'd be intimidated. Nor Dolly Parton. Oh, no, Dolly Parton would be my friend. Yeah, but not a crush. No. She'd be more somebody you'd go out out with and say, oh, look at that, Dolly. And she'd go, oh, wow. Probably write a song about it. <laughs> She's the sort of person, if she was my friend, we'd go and we'd read to disadvantaged children together. <laughs> and everyone should have a friend that does that with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just as I think Keanu Reeves would be my friend. Uh... I don't know why. I've never met him. He just seems like a nice bloke, somebody I'd quite enjoy having dinner with, maybe travelling on a tube with, just going for a walk, chilling out with, you know. He does seem a nice bloke. Mm. What about the woman in Flashdance, Jennifer Beals? Yes. The way they dressed her at that time, the way she was performing, and also she was independent, wasn't she? You mean she owned a boiler suit? <laughs> she owned a boiler suit. And she had a job as a welder. Yeah. With all that hair, health and safety reports would have been a nightmare. Absolute <laughs> nightmare. It's just like a fire waiting to happen. All the lads from Grimsby would say, God, oh, she's going to put the hair in a net. And then they felt quite at home. <laughs> <laughs> that was their dream. That's why there was the water scene. One little spark off her welding would have got that hair up, so they had to keep her damp at all times. <laughs> it was a practical element, really. <laughs> the thing is about crushes, is it the case that you can have crush envy. So you've got a girlfriend and you said, oh, I've got a crush on Jennifer Beals. That girlfriend would go, really? And, you know, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that because it's straight away a comparison. Like you're with a girlfriend, but you've got a crush on somebody. Are you allowed to have a crush when you've got a real person? Um, yeah, I think you have. Yeah. Does it reveal something about yourself? If you said to your wife, I've got a crush on, let's say, Madonna, mm. and she'd like, oh, you like the type do and you're like oh no darling no 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 not like that no this is fantasy you know? should we change that for the edit yeah. where you just say open-minded yeah okay so oh you oh. like the open-minded type do you darling open-minded low standards maybe go with that okay. <laughs> or what about if you said to your wife say a real person previous girlfriends or crushes or whatever yeah or a friend of your wife's 
<laughs> That's never a good idea. So-and-so, they're attractive. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, what did you say, Graham? So-and-so's attractive. Yes, I can see why you might think that with one eye. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you've played safe, haven't you? If you've been going for those pop star, clean living boys that look a bit effeminate you're not comparing like for like are you well actually i need to tell you a story go on man. one thing that's always a little bit touch and go is when you finally meet the crush so say it's a celebrity and it's someone you particularly like so i always loved brendan fraser saw him in the film george in the jungle and just thought he was the most wonderful soul came across as just such a nice guy probably about three years ago i met him i'd seen him before i'd been in an art gallery at the same time as him with a friend and we followed him around like right weirdos and then i finally got to meet him and it was the weirdest most uncomfortable experience of my existence <laughs> And I literally went from going, this is the guy that I've admired and loved and thought would be my best friend for years. And I've met him and I've just had the strangest exchange ever. Whereas at the same time, I met Lee Majors. Oh, right. Thought he was brilliant, was a big fan of his growing up, knew he'd been the million dollar man, etc. Yeah. He's an icon. And I expected him to be quite full of himself. He was so charming and just such a lovely gentleman to speak to and just so generous and kind and just was nice and took his time. So you never know what you're going to get. You don't. So now I have a crush on Lee Majors, uh. who's edging past 80, and I've gone right off Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I don't blame you. I was asking Jill if she ever had a crush on anyone when she was a girl. Mm. And apparently her and her friend, Janet, were... Jill and Janet, really? Yeah, Jill and Janet. And... Did, was there a third of them called John? Did they hang out together? <laughs> I think it was Jack, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they had a big crush on Donny Osmond. Oh. And they'd got all the posters. He had big teeth. Well, I don't know. The whole family very horsey yeah they were never on the front cover of fly fishing monthly no but horse and groom they were <laughs> <laughs> who would marry a horse it was this wedding monthly horse and groom strange name they knew that the osmond family were mormons mm. but had no clue what a mormon was and so invented loads of rules between themselves to follow that were just weird rules donny osmond another person that I never had a crush on, but then when I met him, I developed a crush because he was just so wonderful. Was he? Yeah. How was he so wonderful with you? Did he just, sit on your lap? We had a magic moment. Him and Marie and me. <laughs> no. Him and Marie and me. <laughs> that sounds oh, like... that's the title of your album, is it? <laughs> he was just genuinely nice and very easy to talk to. Everything that you hope people will be when you meet them, irrespective of whether or not they're famous, but often when you meet famous people or people that have had fame, they can so disappoint you. <laughs> but it's your own fault because they're human at the end of the day, just because they might look aesthetically pleasing or you've created an entire life for them that doesn't actually exist in your own little head. They're not going to live up to it, are they? No. You might meet Keanu Reeves and he might have a Birmingham accent and be into taxidermy. I have no real idea. <laughs> You're not tricking me into doing a Birmingham accent. <laughs> again <laughs> we've done that one <laughs> i think competitive crushes though if if one boy says oh, i've got a crush on jennifer beals mm -hmm. and then the next boy tries to get somebody who's more attractive who's more known for swimwear modeling or something so i think there is perhaps that competitive crushing between boys but generally they're more likely to be seen looking at a motorbike <laughs> we <laughs> I've got a crush on the Yamaha Y50ZI. <laughs> yeah. What are you looking at there, Graham? I've told you before. Don't ogle mufflers. 
And that's why I find it odd that in the car industry, you go to the car show at Birmingham. I don't know if they still do, but they'd have women in bikinis draping themselves mm. over car bonnets. Yeah, they do. I go every year. Don't even like cars. <laughs> <laughs> and so the men who've come to see the car will go up and say, excuse me, could you just get out of the way? I want to see the car. <laughs> they don't want all of that. Whereas there are other people there going, shut up, she's doing her job, let her do it. Carry on, love, carry on, love. Just take some pictures. Yeah. Take yeah. some pictures yeah. of the car, take a picture of the car. Um, I love that. You go to car things and scantily clad women and you're saying, could you move to one side? I do actually want to see the motor vehicle. Yeah. Your giant breastuses seem to be distorting my view. <laughs> <laughs> at what age did you start developing a crush for some of these effeminate men about 10 i think that's probably about right when you get into music you get into films you get into tv shows but my first proper crush was buck rogers and the 21st century now we're back to films no that was a tv show i think his name was gil gerard i thought that's a sort of sleeveless jerking thing isn't it <laughs> <laughs> no, he was lovely. Buck Rogers was, you know, he was an action hero. He was sexy, wore nice suits and stuff. And then one day I realised, and this is when I knew I was changing as a person, that I spotted he was wearing a corset. <gasps> what? And that put me right off him. So then I started to find Erin Gray a lot more attractive, which my brothers concurred with. Ah, mm. ah. Well, I think other superheroes from that era were people like strangely named heroes, but still with the clothing aspect that you've mentioned, hmm. are uh, Flash. Uh-huh. Yes, I, mean, <laughs> I love that. Do you want to watch, mate? Just down here. Flash. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> I'm a superhero. Of course you are. Yeah. 20 quid and it's yours. Clear off. <laughs> yeah, we did have some interesting characters at that time. You're right. The superheroes weren't the bulked-up Batmans. They were odd people that were battling people called Ming the Merciless. Yeah. Who, in fairness, looked like he ran a cabaret at a Chinese takeaway. There were some names. Now they say pantomime is on two levels, and so the kids understand one level mm. and the adults the other. Where's the harm? Hmm. But you had that pirate show, didn't you? With... Captain Pugwash. Yeah. Well... Don't pretend you didn't know what that pirate show was called. My mum refused, point blank, to believe that Captain Pugwash was anything more than a cartoon about a slightly overweight, possibly someone with a thyroid issue, pirate. <laughs> Did she have a crush on him? Is that why? No. She just refused <laughs> to believe that any children's TV show would refer to the subject matter that their names indicated they could possibly... I mean, how on earth did that get past censorship? I don't know. I think it was like the pantomimes. Yeah, but this was a time where people didn't use that type of language. It was more sordid. I guess. You know, dirty chatter. If you worked in the docks of Grimsby, you might know those words. Work? Now there's a dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> But for women who went for lunch, and by lunch I mean a bottle of Pinot Grigio and half a sandwich, they didn't know words like masturbate. Well, in Grimsby, we didn't know the word lunch. <laughs> <laughs> there is always a cultural divide. Who did you look at? OK, even now, is there someone now that you see that you think, God, I wish I was like them? I think Julie Andrews has kept herself well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you climb every mountain, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, spinning round. <laughs> Couldn't you have hung it on the line, get it dry? <laughs> you shouldn't have put it on if it was damp. <laughs> 
give yourself a tummy ache. Generally, boys, even when you're when they were eighteen, rather than having a crush on just women pinups, would go for like rock bands, mm. which in itself is strange. And that rock bands they haven't changed a lot. So a lot of people will still say, "Oh, let's play a." Queen tune, or even going back as far as the Beatles. Yeah, but you didn't look at John Lennon necessarily and think, well, I want to be John Lennon. Actually, a bit more than Yoko Ono. (laughs) (laughs) You look back at some of the lead, you know, okay, John Bon Jovi, he's aged brilliantly, he's awesome. I like John Bon Jovi, he'd be my friend. Axel Rose, everyone wanted to be Axel Rose when he was heading up Guns N' Roses at its peak. Now, nobody wants to be Axel Rose. He looks terrible no. and he typically wears vests. Yeah. Maybe he got his wardrobe from Flash. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, it is a tricky one. Do you know who I admire? Oh, go on. Joan Collins. Joan Collins. Timeless. Joan Collins. She's opinionated. She's not frightened to say what she genuinely thinks. I think she makes an awful lot of valid points. If she can't stand you, she lets you know quite promptly. I actually quite like that because she's not trying to be something she's not. Because when I was a kid, I think one of the problems I've got with thinking that boys don't have crushes is that when I was a boy, probably a crush was a sort of drink, some sort of squash. Would you like a strawberry crush? Oh, yes, please, missus. Yeah, that was the one that had all the E-numbers in, made your eyes go boggly in the back of your head. That's where I went wrong. Before they discovered that pure sugar was not a good idea for children. Have they? None of us had ADHD. We were just rambunctious. Do you think that having a crush is a good thing? Do you think it's just you can't help it? I do think there was an industry, especially for girls where you would have these pull-out magazines, you know, the centrefold. Smash hits. If you went round to a mate's house, you know, you've come from your house with all these pin-ups, all these blokes, and they've got things like, I don't know, the formula of chemistry or a, a picture of Madame Curie and perhaps a close-up picture of Einstein, you'd say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Well, Harriet Skeffington used to have that weird clown called Perro. She had posters of Perro. I found that a bit peculiar. Oh, the mime artist. No, I think it was like a caricature of a clown. It was all just a bit creepy. That just gave me nightmares. Yeah. And some of the boys would have horror film posters up, like Freddy Krueger. Why would you want that on your bedroom wall at night? Dear Lord, wait until you've been married to the same woman for 40 years. <laughs> First time one of my girlfriends came round, I had the same problem. I got out my marionettes. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't stay long. No, she didn't. My mum came through with a cup of tea for each of us and she said, oh, where's she gone? I said, I don't know. Wasn't there a famous sociopath that had a thing about marionettes? I'm just throwing that out. I'll string along with you. Go on. <laughs> I've now got visions of you doing high on a hill with a lonely goat herd with your marionettes. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed as Julie Andrews. High <laughs> on the hill. <laughs> Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum. If you liked it, tell a friend or rate and review the podcast. That will help others find us. Thanks.